You are now tuned in to another episode of Bourbon and Books, the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. Welcome to another edition of Bourbon and Books with the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEV, that's RLJ, along with our dear brother, cousin Jeff, back one more again for another in-depth discussion for this month's Bourbon and Books selection. We go on by John Awunchequa. Say it again. Awunchequa. See, see, he's he's Nigerian American. Probably. Yeah. Thank you. That was that was impressive. I know. <laughs> we go on. All right, brothers, uh, jumping right in. <laughs> um, book cover. Initial thoughts of the book cover, judging the book by its cover, and then um, we'll jump into. So, book cover. We go on, man. We go on finding purpose in all of life's sorrows and joys. We go on, man. Um, going back to your question, though, Brother Jay, uh, I've read a wide variety of uh, books on God and purpose, you know, uh, experiences in life and finding the silver lining and purpose within those said experiences. Um, I, I think the the question that the book tries to answer, um, and, 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 and Reverend, Reverend John, he goes by John O. You can just call him John O. And so I'm just going to call him John O for, for the remainder of this recording. But uh, Reverend John O, he is making a val- valiant attempt to answer the question, what is my purpose in life? And he's given some very uh, personal examples of challenges and experiences that he's had in his own life. Um, the cover of the book, We Go On, um, you know, it's we at the top, go in the middle, on at the bottom. Um, and his name, you know, big black bold letters. Um, and then, you know, finding purpose in all of life's sorrows and joys are in white letters, smaller on the book. So, you know, just from the title alone, it's like, okay, I, I think I kind of get it, but I wish I probably would have read a few chapters before we decided we were going to go with this book because I'll be straight up with you, man. Like I'm not in this space to talk about what's the purpose of my life right now. Cause life too, life too busy happening. You know what I'm saying? And the crazy part is like the first chapter of the book, you know, when the book opens, um, you know, he's, he, and for, for the audience, um, the book is kind of, it follows Ecclesiastes of, in the Bible. And as you all know, Ecclesiastes is written by Solomon. So Solomon in the Bible is the wisest man in all of the land. And so anything pertaining to Solomon, and so it's Ecclesiastes, Brother Jay. I want to say, I want to say he wrote some of he wrote some of Proverbs as well. Let me let me put that in my Google machine. But at the end of the day, Solomon, Solomon is the wisest man in the Bible, essentially, right? And so Reverend John O is trying to kind of follow the things that are going on in his life and weaving in Ecclesiastes and, and really trying to talk about finding the finding the the thing that's meaningful within a particular scenario. Um, I wasn't ready 
to really indulge and kind of address those questions that he was asking or really even assess some of the his thoughts around you know finding meaningful or finding meaning in your in your life because of my personal challenges right so like the first chapter of the book him and his mom and dad they're going into a morgue to see his brother his dead brother sam and that was triggering for me because I've just gone through that experience within the last 12 months with my sister. And so, it's, you know, I've, I've been kind of asking these questions to myself the last 18 months or so about, well, damn, man, what, you know, what's the purpose in shitty situations? In terms of the, the cover of the book, I actually thought, like, aesthetically, like, the book looks very good. As a matter of fact, just like the, the brown coloring, like that's not whatever the color for brown is. This is like something. It's like a bronze. Yeah, it's, it's more like a, a bronze. Like you got to have the code in terms of like what color he used on a book. And the reason why I thought that was important. And, you know, like, let's be honest. Sometimes when, you know, you are a, I would say like a black author and you have went through the highs and lows of writing a book. Sometimes when you get that back to the cover, you may not be as intentional. It's like, look, let's put this cover on. Let's finish it. Like, let's wrap it up. Um, but the the cover itself, I thought it was is, was well done. Um, it looks very kind of like rich. As you kind of get into the book, you know, he talks about, he talks a little bit about uh, owning a coffee shop. And I, I feel like, or possibly one of the reasons why it's this color, because it kind of, um, transcends with something about like coffee so the, the black the black and white photos in the joint like he has like a series of black and white photos throughout the book as well i i could see like i i didn't i didn't necessarily put it together like you did in reference to the coffee shop but mm -hmm. ideally some of the pictures in the book could be part of like a coffee table book yep you know what i mean like a black you know a black and white coffee table book you know so damn thanks jeff that's all right I'll try. I'll try. Yeah. So you're saying the bronze was was more so to give it kind of like a uh, regal a regal look. Yeah, I, I think I think so um, because it would it would have came off a lot differently if you just went with brown. Like right, it it would have looked very just plain. It wouldn't kind of like stand out. It's almost like you know you get dressed and you kind it's like understated. However, it still got like its own little like twist or kind of like, you know, pop to it. Um, in terms of the title of the book, I mean, We Go On speaks to itself. With that title, I knew there would probably be some trials and tribulations and this author is talking about like just going on. So that's my thoughts on the cover and the title. Yeah, I'm with you on the color. Um, depending on how you look at it, the letters could be seen as black. Um, they also have like a distressed texture to it. Um, and they are glossy, right? So it stands out from the bronze backdrop of the cover. I do like how black is the contrast on the back between the brown 
Um, and then throughout the book, it's very thematic in terms of color scheme. And so I was, um, I did pay attention to that and going off of the coffee book idea, the black and white. It's, it's a small book meant to be digested. Um, not one that takes a long time to get through. And so, um, yeah, I was, uh, I was intrigued by the cover. Very simple phrase. We go on what that looks like could be, you know, it's, it's, could look different depending on the situation that you're in or the situations that you've already been through that uh, color the lens or the filter in which you start to see life's experiences through. Mm. Um, so as you open the book, kicking it back to Kevin, where did it take you? Well, like, like I said before, the Ecclesiastes piece and, and the concept of Solomon, it was intriguing to me. Because, and I, I confirm, Solomon did, he wrote Ecclesiastes and Proverbs. So when people think about Proverbs in the Bible, like people, a lot of, like people, people of all religions use Proverbs, <laughs> like the, the, the book of Proverbs in the Bible, <laughs> because like the, the, the wisdom or the gems um, are applicable. Like I, I like to, I like to read certain passages in Proverbs. And you might see certain passages in Proverbs on someone's wall in their office or something like that, because essentially Proverbs imparts wisdom. However, I had a difficult time because like right out the gate, it's like trauma. And I just, I haven't, I haven't like worked through my own feelings about a lot of the challenges that I've experienced over the last year, and you know, for the audience to know, uh, my sister passed away last year from suicide. So the concept of like finding meaning in pretty traumatic, dramatic circumstances and environments, like I understand the importance of it because let's be frank, y'all, over the last three years, like everybody done been through everything, man. Like I don't I don't think my situation is like isolated to me. Like all of y'all done been through some wild stuff over the last three years, right? And so I think the concept of trying to find the meaning in it is important. But one of the pieces that um, kind of stuck out to me was the concept of what's meaningless in the book. And, I, and, I, and that, that applied to me because I think when you go through extenuating circumstances, a lot of stuff just kind of fall, either falls by the wayside or becomes less important. <laughs> For example, you know, if you're dealing with grief of a, of a, of a loved one, you probably ain't worried about your job. <laughs> Or you hope, you hope that you don't have to worry about your job, right? Or if you're worried about your job, then you, you hope that you don't have something else crazy going on that you got to worry about to try to find meaning in it. But I think the concept of like letting go of what society kind of deems is what's important gives you the idea, gives you kind of a platform to find meaning in dire situations. So, you know, when you when you when you have a broken heart, money is less important. Right? When your health is failing, 
then, uh, you know, going to the club might be less important. Or when you're jobless, you know, the job that you hated, you might show some gratitude about that opportunity because now you know what it's like to be without a job. And so that concept of, of that he kind of hits on in every chapter that wisdom is the best teacher or better yet experience is the best teacher. You can't really impart wisdom or gain wisdom without the experience. And so I could appreciate him laying out his experiences and finding the life lessons. But then I also think about, for some reason, I thought about, uh, I thought about Paul in the Bible, right? Paul wouldn't have been Paul if Paul hadn't been Saul. <laughs> so like the, 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 the wisdom and the experience that he gained to be the best Paul he could be, he had to go through the Saul process. But when you're going through the Saul process or you're going through something traumatic, I, you like, what the hell is this? You ain't really thinking about trying to find meaning. You're just trying to survive, man. And a lot of times, by the time we try to think about, well, what was the meaning in that or the purpose in that? It's already too late. And I think part of the trigger for me within the book was really within his bio, man. You know, someone that says, I'm a, you're a pastor, an entrepreneur, a social, a social, <laughs> a social engineer and X, Y, and Z. It's like, man, you a jack of all trades. What you really standing on? And how is it? How is it that uh, you you found the secret code to everything that people are going through? So I don't know, man. I, I like as I got through the book, I I I understood what he was trying to do mentally, emotionally. I'm just not there yet. I would say, for me. This book was kind of like a daily bread. So if anybody has read or know someone who reads the daily bread, it's, it's basically like this little like pamphlet or, or pocket sized book that has a typically like a Bible verse of scripture up top. And then it goes through a lesson. I felt like each like this was a longer version of a, a daily bread. Um, and, you know, take take that how you want to, you know. Some people like daily bread, some people don't. I thought that when the author stated that essentially he's gonna, this book will, will, will go through, like how can Ecclesiastes help you with going on? I thought what this book was going to do was basically like go through Ecclesiastes. And I'm not saying like chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, chapter four, but I thought it was gonna go through it. And it was almost gonna be like a Bible study, but not not so much of, you know, like this is what God was saying. It's like, okay, this is what was happening in this part of Ecclesiastes. And let me tell you like how this um, references to my life and how I'm utilizing this to go on. And I was kind of excited about that because as someone who goes to church, I don't like read my Bible as much like outside of church. So my thought process was, okay, after I read this book, I'm going to know more about Ecclesiastics. Like, I'm going to understand it because he's applying his own life story to what's happening in the Bible. And I was like, oh, this, this may be interesting. And in a certain way, it's going to force me to get through Ecclesiastics where if I was reading the Bible, I probably would just stop. That's not what happened here. 
and I was, <laughs> I was a bit kind of like let down. And that, that's like my initial kind of like thoughts, at least for, for the first part of this book. I, um, when I consider what is within the volume of Ecclesiastes, um, ultimately that is about searching for happiness. I remember uh, one of my pastors said it's about the search for happiness under the sun. Basically, why are we here on earth? What is it that will extend or help us establish our happiness while we are while we are here, while we are living? Right. And so Solomon talks about, you know, worldly wisdom, the things that we can gain, learning, education, philosophy, all that. He talks about um maybe seeking the pleasures uh, of life. Maybe that's where our happiness is. And then ultimately, you know, he was a king, so he had a lot of wealth. Maybe happiness is within the things that money could buy, but ultimately saying, yo, listen, that's good while we're here, but if we are investing our happiness in the things that we can buy, our souls, like, doesn't really get us anywhere. I... And maybe it was just because of my exposure to this book within the Bible. I took it as him relating his quest to find things that bring him happiness or how to go on through grief in terms of like, what was the purpose of these things? I think there were some things where there were some things that were left unfinished as we continued through the book. It's like, ah, I really wish you would have said more on this. But I also think that was symbolic to the fact that what one person finds happiness in may not apply to anyone else. And that could also stem from us having very unique lived experiences, right? Like, Kevin, you talked about how you were able to identify with a lot of the things that happen in the initial parts of the book, but that still means that your experiences won't necessarily match what John O was referring to. And so I, um, basically what I got from it was that the purpose with most of the things that we deal with or being able to trust God through all of the mysteries of life. And I think that's the hard part, um, especially when we start to have human experiences. It's easy when we have spiritual experiences because a lot of the things we can't see. But when we start to have the natural experiences as spiritual beings, it gets tough. Grief can impact all aspects of the human. And you're going to deal with each aspect in a different way. And so it's tough to digest and to say, oh, X, Y, and Z had purpose. 
doesn't feel good, doesn't sound good. Reading it doesn't even look good. Like what what does that even mean? I found purpose in the loss of this. I had to go through I, like I lost my job. What was the purpose in that? Right? Like got a divorce. What was the purpose in that? Lost the child. Where's the purpose in that, right? And so you there's several instances where there there are questions. And you know, as the as the old saints used to say, by and by, we'll understand it all better by and by. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to question it while we're, quote unquote, still under the sun. Um, so it did cause me to think and reflect on similar experiences or things that I could identify that might have been adjacent to what he described within his book. But it 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 did require me to really move stuff out of the way mentally and emotionally to tap into the things that he identified within the book. I could agree with that because I know for for me, um, I'll probably have to go back and reread it at a later time. Because I, like I said, I don't think, I don't think, I don't disagree with his approach. I don't disagree with how he set it up. But like I said, the timing of it all, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to receive anything he got to say right now. Especially from the standpoint where like, you know, um, and we talked about this before we hit record. Is so uh, Reverend John O, he is a pastor um, at a church down in Atlanta, Georgia, I believe. And the church was affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention. And um, he has since kind of stepped down from preaching uh, since the end of last year uh, because of kind of the, the conflict and, and a discussion around uh, white Christian nationalists and their involvement in the Southern Baptist Convention and uh, the, the social justice initiatives within the Southern Baptist Convention and the church. And uh, I understand why he's, why he's stepping away and kind of trying to process like what exactly is it that's going on? Because, you know, I think the same approach he took in his book. Um, but at the same time, it was somewhat, I wish, I, I almost wish I hadn't read about him like stepping down because then it's like, now I want to, now I want to say, all right, well, you know, what about we go on? <laughs> what about what you said in your book? And so, but I'm not, I'm not trying to be judgmental, but I, I almost wish I didn't, I didn't kind of just like read up on them prior to us hitting record because it's like, all right, well, now to your point, brother Jay, the questions, like I, I now I have more questions than I have kind of like answers or answers or resolve from what I learned in the book. Major moments in the book or any impressionable quotes so one thing i would uh from a general standpoint again i thought this book would be about something but it, it turned out to be something different than my hopes and expectations however i think this book was timely uh you know like this can be with a book or this can be with anything in life. It's like, uh, I didn't really like this or I, this not was what I signed up for, but it can be timely for you in the moment. 
And I think, you know, during this time period of me reading this book, you know, I was stressed out about uh, some personal things in my life. And this book, it, it helped ease my mind. <laughs> and, and that's because of the just biblical references um, in the book, talking about like purpose, talking about um, going on. I believe I remember the author saying something about like, you know, sometimes when something doesn't go your way, you can still fulfill, when I say your purpose, like your purpose of like what God wanted you to do. So to you, it's I failed, but it may, it may have been to kind of like teach you a lesson or for you to gain something. And on the flip side, it may have meant something bigger to something else. So it's like in your failure, you have fulfilled a purpose that you like you, you aren't really realizing at this moment, or you have to do like an out of body type of uh, reflection. So reading this book during that time, um, I don't know, it, it, it just helped me again, just like ease my mind about like what was going on and just, just changing your perspective. And I think that's, that's what life is really about. I think we talk about this probably on a monthly basis in terms of being black and your perspective is like, there is a lot of stuff that we could be upset about rightfully. So but all the time too. 24, eight, yeah. <laughs> but in order to keep your sanity, it is just having a, a positive perspective about like something. And some people may think, you know, well, you're crazy for doing that. It's like, well, in order to protect my peace, this is like what, what I have to do um, for me. So I, I did I did appreciate that um, in the book. A few things that I would say was in the book, because some of these are Bible verses. It's not necessarily that he, um, he authored them. Um, it's just more of a restatement. He said, nothing in life will be everything you hoped it will be. Justice um, is never like justice may never come to like over time, like in, in terms of what we see as, oh, we didn't get justice. That may not happen, you know, kind of like over time. He said you can now you can outrun adversity any more time than a dog can outrun its own tail. So, you know, like that little quote um, just made me think. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself each day have has enough trouble of its own. And I thought that was like, you know, powerful. Um, you know, we're worrying, you're worrying about something that's weeks from now. It's like, look, you, you going through a lot of stuff today, figure, figure today stuff out <laughs> because you're going to have time to figure about this, this trouble that is, you know, in the horizon. He says, I wish I spent more time enjoying work instead of stressing over the outcome. Which, again, I, I just, I, I, I can speak for myself. I think I do that a lot of, it's like, enjoy the process. The process is just that. Like, sometimes it isn't easy or, you know, you're going to go through um, the kind of ups and downs. But when it's all said and done, sometimes you look back on it, it's like, man, I wish I would have kind of just enjoyed the moments of it, opposed to just like stressing over it the entire time. And here you are at the end of it. And again, maybe you still feel somewhat of unfilled, but 
those were like a few things that I, you know, I, I got from um, the book, which again was helpful for me just in the moment that I was going through. That's real. That's real, Jeff, because um, I, it's really not a quote or a verse or a particular chapter that really rings out for me. Um, it's kind of the foundation that the book was based on. So, you know, going back to Solomon, Solomon is the son of David, right? And so David in the Bible is the greatest king <laughs> in the Bible. Um but David doesn't become king without being uh, a shepherd first. David doesn't become king without taking down the Philistine. <laughs> David doesn't become king without uh, lusting over another man's wife and then going out and killing and killing them so they can have his wife and then paying the penance for that. Um, David doesn't really show the the grace and reverence and admiration for God without his tribulations. And so the fact that the matter is that, you know, he's, he's talking about uh, Solomon throughout the book and what Solomon kind of means in, in, in Ecclesiastes and from wisdom, but it's kind of ill because I think Solomon essentially took the lessons learned and the lived experiences from his father to help craft <laughs> kind of like the on-the-job training in Ecclesiastes and in Proverbs. And so for some reason, I just thought about David and his trials and tribulations. And I identify a lot with David because like, I don't have, as a man, I don't have all the answers and I done made a lot of mistakes. But David had a good heart. He loved God. And um, he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't bashful about his love and admiration for God, right? And so in this book, to your point, Jeff, and you said this earlier, that it's almost like, regardless of what you're going through, God is always there. And that's that, and because of that, that's something that you should be grateful for, despite your circumstances. I guess my challenge, and like I said, the timing of this read probably wasn't appropriate for me right now, but I just think my challenge is with, though the content of the book and the layout of the book, I don't disagree with. I just don't know if people trying to hear this shit, man. Like real rap. I just don't know if people are open to the concept because sometimes we we so stuck on the stuff that's right right in front of us. Like you said, brother Jay. Like, yeah, it's good to kind of have um, the spiritual journey, but how do you reconcile that with? The, the human interactions and the human pain that it's gonna, it's gonna stop, it won't stop, it's, it happens. You know, and I just, I don't know, I just think it's, I don't know, man, I think it's, it's, it's way more people out there with the timing of this book or maybe the, out, the, 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 the layout of the book that it won't be received because of like some of the stuff internally we, we throw up his barriers. Oh, he's a pastor. So it's like, you know, if, if I wasn't in church, oh, he's a pastor, a Christian. I can't take him seriously. Oh, he's not even preaching. I can't take him seriously. So it's like certain things that I think people will use or identify as an excuse not to like be open-minded about the book <laughs> that I think like that's the challenge because I, I, I know it's relevant. I believe that it's relevant, but at the same time, man, 
I don't know. It just seemed like everybody been trying to take advantage of the last three years and the pandemic and the struggles of, of humankind and trying to put their own spin on it. Like the last couple of authors that we don't, not the last few, but over the last year, we've read like a lot of recent books. And like, it seems like some of these authors, they trying to get the bag by putting out a book to capitalize off of, oh, I have a perspective of what about what's happening over the last three years to kind of cash in on the timeliness of it all. So I'm conflicted, man. And, and one thing I just wanted to say, I, I, I think for me, and probably for some readers, what may be the disconnect is, you know, the author starts off the book with, you know, his brother passes away suddenly out of blue. He also is talking about, you know, how him and his wife were struggling with having um, a child. And it appeared, at least to me, that Bible verses were identified in terms of you know, like why you should continue, why you should go on. But it didn't really, for me at least, it, it didn't really articulate like how how did you, if, if you did utilize like these scriptures or verses, how did you use it to like get through? Like, was you getting up every day reciting this Bible verse with like, what did that look like for you? So to me, it wasn't, there wasn't a connection. It's like, first you, you tell us about this human experience, right? Then you tell telling us about the spiritual. But to me, it never really talked about, okay, how did you use that to kind of like get through? And if how was it, it triangulated? The spiritual what? and the physical and the and the Bible verse. And if and if you <laughs> if you wasn't going to do that, then don't start off with just say, just keep it more broad, talking about just, you know, I went through depression. Or, you know, I had some struggles and, and these are the things in Ecclesiastics that's, that's kind of like the roadmap through of like how to go on. But it just appeared to me that there was, I didn't see any application from um, these verses and things of that sort from what he did to his own situation. It just seemed like it was just out there kind of like floating. And lastly, I'll say I did appreciate the, um, the reflective questions. So, you know, like in between the book, it'll have like a, it'll have like a little prayer. It'll have like some questions to ask yourself. For me, again, just because of what I was going through, I was literally, I was saying them, them prayers as I was going because <laughs> they were just timely and, you know, I could utilize them. Now, I do think the questions were a bit overdue. Like it was a, it was a lot, you know, every other page, it was like a list of I don't know, five, six questions. However, I did, I still did appreciate it. I would say there were, there were a couple things that made me underline, highlight, go back, reread, recite out loud. I was like, oh, this is good. I think um, the three of the ones that I wrote down for this discussion were uh, you can't change the weather by changing your wardrobe. And I liked how he basically was saying, there's going to be some things that's going to be outside of our control. No matter what we think we can do, there's going to be some things that we don't have any influence over. And we're still supposed to go on, right? Um, 
You don't need to know where you're going if you know a God that does. I meditated on that, right? And I think I used that as a two-week focus of meditation. Oftentimes, we're trying to figure out where we're being led to go, what we're being led to do, what it's going to look like. We are often trying to figure out the how. And I think we get so stuck in trying to figure it out that we don't move our feet. And so sometimes we will never get to where we need to go because we're overanalyzing it. Paralysis by analysis, right? So um, the last one that I wrote down was the gift needs to direct us to the giver. When we are given a gift, the talent that we have been given needs to direct others to the one that gave us the gift. And so that puts some stuff into perspective um, with a few of the situations that I found myself in, um, in deep meditation over. So I definitely, there were some nuggets within the book. And I will say, I don't think it's ever going to be a perfect time to read a book like this, but I do think you have to be in a receptive space to where you don't refuse or dismiss anything that's being presented because it doesn't match up with what you're currently experiencing or the experiences that you've had up until this point that have created your paradigms for life's challenges. So with that being said, it's time for the Black Power Fist scale um what say you i'm gonna give it three and a half man give it three and a half because i don't like i said i don't disagree with the the content i don't disagree with the the premise i don't disagree i think he I, you know i think i think he was he, he tried to be as intentional as he possibly could with his book um i would encourage people to to read it because it's a short read you know, it won't it won't be a waste of time. You know what I mean? There'll be a few nuggets, um, but at the end of the day, like I said, man, you know, this is this is this another how to book, and everybody everybody uh, can tell you how to do it. You know, but it, when they ain't never done it, or when they didn't articulate it in a transparent way in a book that they were selling about how they did it, because the how is important to get to get buy-in on the message what was the score again three and a half okay yeah you know as i kind of stated before um what i thought this book was going to be about and not necessarily about going on just how it would kind of be laid out it was a bit different than uh, what my expectations were I think this book is like a a daily bread. I said that earlier. Um, I think if you want a book that, you know, you can use it for focus or meditation or for like, you know, short prayers, like in between the reading, like this can be a, a great tool. And I'm saying that like outside of the actual like 
content of what he's talking about because it's it's very reflective. It can have you um, thinking or, or pondering on some stuff that you you probably weren't thinking about. And and to be honest, I I would say for me as as a reader that that probably was the greatest asset about this book. It was the questions. It was the prayers that that were in there for me, given that I thought this book was going to be about um, something else. Like they said, this, this book has, you know, very good nuggets. And in those nuggets, it just, it makes you just sit and think like, hmm, I never thought about it like that. One of the things that, you know, the book said, it said the next time you see the opportunity to help someone, pray that God will give you good guidance. And I said, you're right. You're right. With that being said, if you if you aren't looking for a book that's in that swim lane, I don't know if you're going to like this book. I just don't know. I don't know. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually starting to hate that Kevin and I are sharing these same scores. Because I, too, am giving this book three and a half fists. I ain't gonna lie, man. I don't like it. I don't like it at all, man. I don't like it at all that we actually agree on something, man. <laughs> and it's been it's been the last few books too, man. I don't I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all, man. But uh, but I but I but I but I dig you. I dig you. But you you but you're right. You right, cousin Jeff. Like it's a resource tool to me. You know what I'm saying? I I would say a resource tool. You know if I'm if I'm a if I'm a uh, if I'm a counselor or a pastor or Hell, if I if I just if I'm just in like you know I read Purpose Driven Life by Rick uh, Warren, you know it's like one of them. It's like it's like that. It's in that same vein to me. Yeah. You know the love language, you know the five love languages stuff like mm-hmm. like it's 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 a resource tool that has some application. But mm-hmm. I think to Brother Jay's point to what he was saying earlier, you know, you might interpret what you read differently every time you read it based on what you got going in, on in your in your human life at the time. Yep. So, resource tool, I'm with it. But yeah, I don't like it that we agree, Cousin Jeff, at all. I don't like it. Brother Jay, what say you? I, um, I'm giving the book a four. I think, um, depending on the season that you are in in your life, um, there's some stuff that you can take away from it and apply. Um, I kind of appreciate the fact that he didn't give us what he actually did because at times people will try to replicate it and then get mad if they don't get the same results. Um, and so similar to, you know, in college, you got the lecture, you got the notes, but when it's time for you to fill out the blue book, or write your paper, the instructor wants to hear how you are using what was already provided with what you've experienced. Um, And so to that, I'm giving it a four, which leaves us at a 3.6 repeating on the black power fist scale for we go on. We go on by past and entrepreneur, John, on Wuchikawa. 
we go on finding purpose in life's sorrows and joys. You've just witnessed another edition of Bourbon and Books with the Game Recognized Game podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEV, that's RLJ, along with our dear brother, cousin Jeff. Till next time, keep reading, keep going on, be like.